Okay, guys, hello, welcome to the um, Poxford Oddcast. I think it, I think that's what it's called. Poxford. <laughs> Do not know that. Yeah. Poxford Oddcast. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's the Welsh special today, and uh, I have a very special guest with us. And um, it's a fellow uh, Welsh, isn't it? It's uh, Hilary. And I don't know if any of the students at the school will be familiar, familiar with you, Hill. Would you like to introduce well, yourself? Well, yeah, I mean, the active students who study there, but many of those who've done their exams probably will be familiar with me. Mm. So, because I, I come into the school to examine. Mm. Yeah, there you go. And would you like to tell us go. a bit? That's it. That's it. It's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're a teacher as well, aren't you, Hilary? You're uh, you work at university. Yes, I worked for thirty years in the Scuola Superiore, and then when I retired, I then started working. All I really did was change the place of work. Right. And so now I've been teaching for the last six years in the university in Padova. Okay. I I mainly teach teachers or I teach um, specific languages and things like that now. Okay. So how many languages do you speak? Do you speak Welsh? Yeah. Italian. No, no, no. No, but I speak a little bit of Welsh, you know, when I go down to Wales, you know. Down to um, Wales. No, I speak English, French and Italian. English, I French can, and Italian. Yeah, I can wander around in Spanish, but in yeah. South America I use Veneto dialect, which I, I accidentally <laughs> learned. And... Um, no, those are the languages, just yeah. three, yeah. that I Marvelous. consider are really speaking at the same level. Yeah, and you, when you teach in university, you're, what, what are you teaching, actually? What's, what's your specialization? Languages? Um, I teach micro-languages. I teach in psychology, specialization yeah. languages, and advanced English. Wow. I, but I also, a lot of my teaching is also uh, teaching teachers how to teach their subjects in a foreign language right so you could shoot to me to... one day then hill <laughs> i will indeed yes. darling and you need yes. it <laughs> I need... <laughs> thank you well we'll get that I don't get that, that straight out. out of there <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um so so have you lived in veneto all, all along then or was it just the last six years no i came to italy all oh, in 1982 because i was studying um doing a doctorate in italian history yeah. which is always caught my students out in, yeah. in, when I was in the Superiore. Yeah. And then I, for a while, I lived in Padova, and then I went to Milan for five years. Oh, okay. I, let's put it this way. I never say I lived in Milan. I say I survived in Milan. Right. And I fled, and I fled back to Padova, <laughs> and I've been here ever since. Okay. So you spent time in Milan in the 1980s? Uh, yes, the late 80s. Right. What was that like? Obviously, 80s, the, the, the decade of decadence. Well, was there anything was, remarkable? Um, no, it was horrific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it has changed now. But when I was there, a lot of people used to say, oh, it's because, you know, it's a big city. Well, yeah. I was born and brought up in London. And Milan was not a big city. And I've lived yeah. in Paris. Yeah. Milan was not a big city. Mm. What I found differentiated it a lot was that London and Paris, the two capital cities I've lived in, are so big yeah. that there are a series of real communities. Mm. In Milan, there is no community because the periphery of the city mm. grew up so fast mm. with no social things. I taught for three years in Cinisello Balsamo, mm. which is a waste land literally mm. with nowhere 
students to meet or anything. And it's, I think that is the difference. In London, mm. Londoners live in their communities and yeah. occasionally go into the monumental centre. Yeah. In Milan, I just found it very alienating. Mm. I wanted to go to the La Scala, yeah. but because I, could, I lived in Milan, I couldn't book by telephone. Mm. Unfortunately, I couldn't tell the president of the school that I was going to queue for a ticket, because mm. that would not have been accepted. No. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of... A lot of things. Milan, if yeah. you're rich and you have don't have to work, is lovely. Yeah. However, I'm quite sure that it's, and I'm not referring to the tragic situation there now, mm. I'm sure that it has changed, or mm. at least people tell me so. Yeah. But it misses that sense of community. Right. It can create within the areas. Have you ever lived in London? Oh, no, never, Did Hillary. You live in uh, London? No, I've never lived in London. I've only ever been there for a little, you know, weekends with the parents when I was very young, just really to see the museums. And I've not seen the suburbs, anything like that. Only really the centre. Well, um, and that's it, Hill. I can't say... Uh, well, the big cities aren't for me anyway. I wouldn't be interested in living in London at all. Uh, I no. Miss I miss it. I miss yeah. the music. Yeah. I miss the the cultural opportunities, mm. the museums are free. Mm. Oh I yeah, that's great. I refused to go shopping until I popped into the British Museum to see my cat and my <laughs> horse. Unfortunately, one is the Egyptian one and, and the other one comes from the Parthenon. Did you say your cat and your horse? Yes. Because in the, in the British Museum? Yes. Because Explain I love, that, yeah. Okay. I love the cat that, is, that was found by a British officer and it's an Egyptian cat. Mm. Just absolutely beautiful. And my horse is the head of the horse from the western part of the um, of the uh, Parthenon. Right. And wow. I loved that horse. And so from very young, mm. it was the only way my mum could get me to go shopping. I oh, I see. Shopping. <laughs> and, and I still do. <laughs> shopping for clothes, you know. You yes, yeah, yeah. No, you, do, um, you don't mind doing a bit of groceries. <laughs> well, no, but I, I would prefer to shop in markets always, but yeah. that's not always possible. No, no, it isn't. It but isn't. I used to live in Notting Hill with Portobello just down the road, you know. Mm -hmm. just, and so I'm used to London markets, I'm used to that sort of thing. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. I used to go with my dad to Covent Garden when yeah. it was still a fruit and vegetable market. Wow. And I saw my first orange when I was six years old, because wow. a lot of people don't realise that rationing in Britain lasted until 1955, 10 years after the war. No, I know. No, I know. My mum my and dad tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, I've actually got my ration books here. Wow. So, yeah. Mum and dad have still got theirs. Rugby match is the sing-song. The sing-song. You know, mm. Yeah, because as you know, most of the Welsh have got perfect pitch. Yeah. And when they sing together, it's wonderful. No pun and intended there. Perfect uh, pitch. Rugby pitch. Absolutely no pun. <laughs> I, what I mean is yeah. they don't think they are not, as Italians say, sonati. Ah. And so when they sing together, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I don't know if you know about the Welsh choirs. Oh, well, of course. They're historical. I mean... Yes, I know they are, but they're going to stop now. They can no longer find Welsh tenors. Really? That, yes, now because of the particular timbre of the voice yeah. it was caused by damage from coal dust in the coal mines. Good Lord, well that's amazing. The coal mines are closed and so there are less Welsh tenors. Wow! 
that, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, that, that means we're obviously not going to see the like of, you know, like Bonnie Tyler or... Uh, no, come on, Bonnie ever Tyler. Ever again. Wow, I didn't know that. And also, uh, do you have any coal mining history in your family, Hillary? Any, any ancestry there? Because I yes, don't. My, well, my great-grandfather was a mining engineer and he would go down, I'm talking about in the period between 1860, 1880, mm. he would go down into the mine and he would assay, he would look mm. at the, how good that particular seam of coal, of, um, coal was yeah, yeah. and say what to do. He tragically died quite young. He was mm. also a local artist who was mm. quite well known. And he, yeah, he died wow. in 1886. Wow. Paul Monty, have you heard of that <laughs> film? Well, who hasn't? Well, it was done by, you know, it was done by Welsh steelworkers from Patalbert. Well, that explains it. <laughs> yes, it is. And the Paul Monty is a reference to the fact that Montgomery, when he was on his ship, yeah. uh, when he was in command, always wanted a very full breakfast. Of and course, so as, as one should. Everything. Wow. As one should. Oh, God, no. I, I do agree. I agree with continental <laughs> breakfast and all that. Oh, you that. do? You do? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, actually, come to think of it, I, I do eat a continent. I always have eaten a continental breakfast, Hill. I was raised on kind of like croissants and just dry toast. I guess toast and jam is toast British, and marmalade and but I've yeah, never but had a full Monty for breakfast. Well, once in my yeah. life. But <laughs> quite often, I don't know about you, but the equivalent of a full Monty breakfast would be on Sunday morning when it's called brunch, breakfast and lunch. Richard Richard Burton. Oh, of course, Richard, Richard Burton. Burton. Yeah, and there's a fabulous video. How of could him. you forget that man? No, I know, he I also, know. He also reads Dylan Thomas. Oh, well, there you go. I would, I would put people to also to listen to Dylan Thomas reading his own stuff because his delivery is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, it is very pleasurable to listen to a, a good orator. And I'll tell you, uh, another guy who I really like to listen to is, um, you probably know him well, uh, Vincent Price, the American horror actor from the 50s, 60s, 70s. <laughs> but his, his, his no, but I, you, <laughs> I love him. Uh, particularly the Italian horror films. But Vincent Price is, is a great speaker, great voice, and a real character. Do, 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 you, know, do you, you know who I'm talking about, Hill, yeah? The yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. Anyway, so the Richard Burton video that my colleague sent me is him talking about his great-grandfather, grandfather, working in the mines and um, basically talking about yeah. a kind of what a, what a, a social status it was. Um, that actually in that community, sure. people would look at the miners as a kind of a, an inspiration with respect. And he goes on to say how in shape they were, very kind of muscled, lean, but also very small, um, which you probably know, Hill. I think he was talking, they were saying, he was saying there were well, the five. Welsh are, the Welsh we, we are, are small. smaller yeah. Uh, yeah. in general. Okay. But yeah, they were, but yeah. they were also extremely independent. Mm. And they were also very, when they would build a social centre, I'm talking about the mid-1800s, 
then the first thing they would do would put the library because mm. a lot of them were Methodists and didn't drink. Mm. So this mm. image of drunken Welshmen is a bit out of it. Yeah. And that is, and of course they all spoke Welsh, which is why yeah. the Welsh language was banned yeah. in the 1890s yeah. because the English owners could not understand what these highly educated uh, Welsh. Welsh people were saying. Mm. And remember that in Britain, mm. uh, compulsory schooling started in 1870. So the mm. British... British people were very literate, even mm. working classes. Yeah. And so they banned Welsh. So my great-grandmother never spoke English. Mm. And my grandmother and my mother would have gone to prison if they had. Incredible. So the irony, it's Incredible. now. They, I mean, you know the story of this. In the 1930s, it was an intellectual movement mm. that pushed to get Welsh back and reinstated. Yeah. Because the original um, stories of King Arthur were written in Welsh. Yeah. And so, and it was, looking after is important for European literature. Yes. And my, of course, the irony is that my niece, my sister's daughter, has had to learn Welsh. So we've yeah. gone from one stream to another. Yeah. And it shows how important and how threatening language can be to, a, to another culture. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. Language is the instrument by which culture is passed. Oh, and yes. Yeah. I think this is quite an interesting thing for people to think about. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Hill. And um, I was going to say, it is on the rise again, isn't it? Obviously, people speaking Welsh in Wales. I think it's it's 75% of Welsh speak Welsh now, and it is on the rise. Mm. But I think one, one of the, my greatest joys is trying to hear anyone, including um, English people, mm. trying to pronounce Welsh names, you know. <laughs> by a <laughs> Can you manage No, 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 no. That 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 is the longest. It's a village, isn't it? Hell, that's it the is, name of a village. In Anglesey, by in the Anglesey. time you've read the sign, you pass yeah. through. Yeah. But it's, um, <laughs> the certain sounds are very difficult for for English. It's the, it's the, yeah, the guess. the double L being the classic reference there, I guess. Clan. Clan, clan, yes, clan. clan, which means church or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's it. My 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 golden retrievers, my golden retrievers um, kennel name was Clannan um, Queen. Clannan Queen. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. No, it's, it's nice, a, it's a good one, <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've got some questions. We have do. we have uh, questions, Hello, We have yes. questions. Shall we take them up and then we can go on to our. Zooming. Would right. you like to pose the first question, or should I? Um, well, uh, uh, Federica Baragnolo, mm. and by the way, Federica, the GN is a terrible problem for yeah. British or English. It is. It's English. awful. Yes. It is I awful. Feel like, I feel like a frog on holiday. Um, yeah, okay. frog on holiday. <laughs> okay. Why, why in the past? Did English people like to drink warm beer? Okay. And I, by the way, I like you, love Asterix and Obelisk. Yeah. Breton and Welsh yeah. are very much, are very, very close. Yeah. And Welsh speakers can understand Breton speakers. Oh, and really? Yes. Oh, God. Cornish, well, Cornish and Welsh and Breton oh, are yeah. the three Britonic. Yeah. People don't realise that there's the Northern Celts who are the Scots. Yeah. Yeah. And the Irish, mm. and who who tend to go lobster red in mm. the sun. <laughs> and then there's the Welsh and the Cornish and the uh, people from Brittany, yeah. who speak a close language and uh, they can understand each other. 
for example, a duffer, mm-hmm. the word for water, mm. is um, the same everywhere. S- and same bara, everywhere. Mm. And bara is bread. I mean, these are staples, oh. big words in those Wow. Oh, I had no idea, Hilary. These are the benefits are of speaking Welsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can talk to yeah. people in Brittany and in Cornwall. But That's it. Yeah, I can globetrot. <laughs> yeah, and they are now actually reintroducing Cornish because the last uh, natural speaker died about 40 years ago. Oh. But Cornish is now being reintroduced in Cornish schools. Fabulous. Because of its importance as a language. Okay. Federico Why in the past did English people like to drink warm beer? Yeah. And as I say, asterisk and obelisk obelisks are our cousins. Yeah. Okay. Well, absolutely wonderful. It has something to do with it, and you mentioned this before, uh, uh, Hill, you're probably more knowledgeable than me. So it's, it basically revolves around it being ale, essentially, not beer. Yeah. Would you like to explain? Well, it could also be further? affected by the fact that refrigeration only came in quite <laughs> yes. recently. So, you know, that <laughs> that's, is that's, another thing. Yeah. <laughs> you might be right there. Well, ale is um, a flatter beer mm. because beer in britain is not like what you drink in italy no in in any way it's mm. um it's a traditional drink which is very full of vitamin b etc and it was the thing that everybody drank mm. when they could yeah and now what is interesting is that there has been for oh, for the past 40 years a rebellion Mm. against all this industrialized beer yeah, and all these it. lagers and things, yeah. which really are more like fizzy pop. Yeah, that's true. And so it's something called Camera, the campaign for real ale, ah. has spread through Britain. Yeah. And now a lot of pubs yeah. are actually brewing their own beers. Yes. So you get the good natural healthy beer yeah. that it was for thousands of years. Yeah. And, and, and that's and... sort of very... Um, chemical stuff. That's it. That's it. In a bottle now. That's so it. It's, okay. it's it's different. Yeah. No. And and also there's a there's a huge rise in individual individuals making crafting their own beer, isn't there, Hill? So I'm guessing <laughs> that uh, <laughs> pubs will be buying from maybe lo- local local yeah. brewers. Yeah, they buy from their own brewers. Yeah. Local in Wales. Yeah. In Wales, sorry, there is a very very strong um, tradition of stout. Yeah, which is a very strong sort of beer. It's Guinness is a stout yeah. as well. Yeah, and in fact, it used to be prescribed for pregnant women half yeah. a half a pint of stout because yeah. of the iron content. Yeah, that rings bells. I, mean, I think my mum might have told me something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. C- cider is big in the UK as well, and also in France, cider. 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 Yeah. No, you don't but, see it here in Italy, really, do you? No, because they, they don't have the sort of apple crop. I mean, that's yeah, limited to the mountains, so mm. you might find it there. Mm. But cider is, um, commercial cider is not particularly good. No. But there is scrumpy. Oh, which is, scrumpy. Which is the one that is made on the farms and sold locally. Yeah. And my dad, who was two meters high, big and tough, yeah. fell off his bicycle after half a pint. So I think you can yeah. imagine that scrumpy yeah, it, is... It has wow. a kick. Yeah. No, it I, I love kick. it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I, one of my brother's colleagues produces it. It's delicious. Yeah. 
Oh, I know it is, but don't try to do. Well, obviously, never drive after you drunk. Anyway. No, and no, no, yeah, no cycling. Like, even either. a bicycle can become yeah. <laughs> hazardous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, 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 you know France, uh, obviously, Hill. And um, talking about cider, if I remember correctly, it's quite popular in the Basque region of France. I've been there. Basque region. And the yeah. Basque region. Also Normandy, because Normandy no. is very similar to us. Yeah, I that's don't know it. about the Basque region, no. Yep. Anyway. It's the, yeah, it was there, everywhere in the shops. Really nice. Yeah, well, you know, well, the Normans sort of popped into Britain for a bit, didn't they? In they the did pop in. They said hello. Yeah. With yeah, their they spears settled. and cavalry. <laughs> yeah, but we won in the end. Because we won. English exactly. actually pushed French out. It did. So that's we it. forced those people to talk. Oh, that's it exactly exactly the normans didn't like us speaking uh english did they it was the french ruling elite they they spoke the french obviously and the and the, yeah. the peasantry and whatnot spoke well, the uh, peasantry were anglo-saxon anglo-saxon the normans also i could be wrong about this help but did the normans introduce surnames to britain because as far as i'm aware before the norman invasion and conquest people in anglo-saxon uk well that that part they yeah. didn't have surnames. Well, I don't I'm, know. The Welsh did. The Welsh, okay. You had Lewis, at Lewis, which yeah. means son of Lewis. Yes, yeah. Um, the Vikings did, because yeah. they always add the son and dotir like they do today. So it would make sense country. that they did then, yeah. They, they I, I have, have to check that. Mm. What is interesting, though, is if you look at place names all over mm. Britain, you can see exactly who settled where. Yeah. And yeah, by, by, the, by the language, essentially, right? By the names. By the names, yes. If yeah. you've got anything with Castor or Chester, it's a Roman camp. Castor. That's it, that's it. Anything with Ham or Ton is Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Anything with Wick, Keswick, yeah. etc., is um, Norwegian. Norwegian, Viking. yeah. And there are almost no Welsh um, signs in Britain, mm. England, because mm. there was such a total separation yeah. of the two nations that's right they are a nation that's right and and that's uh that's i think they just i think people forget it's renyo unito united kingdom and that we have different nations that are united and I, I kind of lose my patience yeah. explaining that time after well, time welsh is a really really old language yeah. and yeah. very very different yes absolutely so we've got welsh uh earth or irish we've mm. got scottish we've got uh manx yeah. Then we've got English. Then we've got, oh my God, there's two more. Um, I'd help you out if I could, Hill. I, I, yeah. There are seven. <laughs> there are seven. <laughs> that can be for our viewers to investigate, our listeners to investigate. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's, they should look at it because yeah. it's sort of the English are different from the others. Physiologically, yeah. Yeah. I go brown, dark brown in the sun like yeah. a Mediterranean person yeah. because yeah. I'm different. And the English turn a delicate lobster pink. A delicate lobster. A lightly cooked lobster. Tasty. <laughs> Lovely. Right. Uh, I, right. I, 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 I'm white by nature. I go kind of a salmon pink. Oh, uh, very, I don't know what's going very on aesthetic. Yeah, very aesthetic. Very... Quite appealing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, there we are. You're a border lad, aren't you? I'm a border I? boy. <laughs> okay, then, so that answers that question, I guess, in, in okay. huge depth. Okay, let's, let's do another question. Um, hang on, I have to bring mine up. Okay. This is about the Welsh rabbit. 
Oh, all right. Yeah, let's do that one. So right. this is from Chiara Con Conishi, the the Toffoli, Toffoli, I remember pronunciation sex. Yeah, forgive him his pronunciation. Yes, I know, I know. And she, yeah, similar. I don't really have a clue. Um, why isn't there any meat inside Welsh rabbit, rabbit, and no poultry in Scotch woodcock? Well, come on now then. A well, Welsh rabbit is Welsh just rabbit. like, it's like any Italian bunny rabbit with two big ears, a little fluffy tail and a yeah. twitchy nose. Yeah. Rabbit. What, what Care is talking about is Welsh rare. Yeah. R-A-R-E-B-I-T, yeah. which is cheese on toast. Cheese on toast. And do you think that's superior to pizza? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Obviously, yes. absolutely no comparison. Exactly. Yeah. With a bit yeah. of brown sauce, maybe. I mean, you know, not particularly. No. Anyway, but Welsh rabbits, now then, I don't know, I can't really explain why it's called it, but probably it's because it was very difficult to get cheese. So it was that's, that's your type. assumption. This Elle. is my right. assumption. I'll look it up in Brewers later. Okay, okay. Yeah, I have no idea why, um, no, but I do know what Welsh, it is, so I am Welsh capable of explaining it. it. Welsh now, rare come it. on. You explain the next one, and no poultry in Scotch woodcock. Well, let's be we honest here, Hill. We, we, neither of us had heard of this before now. No. Well, uh, what is a woodcock? Uh, it is an animal. It's a bird. It's a bird. It, uh -huh. What does it look like? I've got no idea. Woodcock. Hang on, hang on. It looks like any game bird. All oh, right, okay. Um, after Googling the food, it is a British savoury dish uh, consisting of creamy, lightly scrambled eggs served on toast that has been spread with anchovy paste or gentleman's relish and sometimes topped with chopped, chopped herbs and black pepper. Can I, I say, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think is very onomatopoeic. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I like the sound of the anchovy paste. Otherwise, it sounds okay. Yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. of scrambled eggs. And you can keep the gentleman's relish, I'm a lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there we go. So I, why is there no poultry involved in the Scotch woodcock? I don't know. Maybe because it looks brown when you serve it up? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, but there's... From the pictures. Well, let's read another question, I guess. Let's have well, a look. Well, it's from Gu Feng. Yeah. And he asks, how can you spot an Englishman in the crowd? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because how we look at all, we have all these characteristics. The sad yeah. thing is, quite often, some of them do have an element of truth in them. Mm. Now then, my answer to that one would be, mm. he's probably the only person wearing socks with his sandals in it. Yeah, which is, of course so, is disgraceful and, t and well, quintessentially English. Yeah, but I mean, it, and also <laughs> I think other Nordic countries too. But yeah, I just probably. find it quite funny that um, I would like to know really how Gu Feng would spot an Englishman in the crowd. I guess it That'd also depends on the crowd. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> it depends on the crowd. We won't go into that. <laughs> but, anyway, but if you think of you think of the tragedy of people labelling just because they look like they look one way or another. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting all this. But I, yeah, I, I know it's, it's culture, but I'm yeah. not going to go into. Um, I don't know. Possibly the, no. the I, I really don't know. Yeah, sandals, yeah. ice cream if it's um, the summer, maybe. 
I don't like ice cream. Well, the first thing you notice in the UK is when there's the, you know, the, the, the slightest modicum of sunshine, everyone just gets, gets into their shorts, T-shirts, and just kind of like gets out in the sun, even if it is only 15 degrees and there's clouds. Oh. What about this one? What are some of the typical questions you've been asked in Italy mm. when you tell people you're from Britain? Yeah. Um, answer me. What are the typical ones? Typical questions. What do they ask me? They talk about fish and chips. Do you eat fish and chips or do you live near London or do you live in London or do you come from London? They don't really ask much else. Weather. Does it, does it rain all the time? Is it true? That will oh, probably come be. On. I know. What about number two? Uh, would you consider getting nourishment from clean meat grown in labs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember reading several years ago about the Dutch who were producing homegrown meat in a lab, a burger from stem cells. Um, mm -hmm. I'd absolutely be willing to go that direction. I was vegetarian, um, and you are vegetarian, Hill. I uh, have been vegetarian. For you have been vegetarian, right. Yes, okay. I still <laughs> okay, right. Um, I could pro if I needed to, it's not a problem to give up meat. I could turn veggie again. And if I could me eat meat from a lab, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, well, you're giving me the look there, Hillary. I am giving you the look. Why? Well, you enlighten me because I I'm, I'm, I'm probably. Uh, well, I mean, the... I'm not going to eat stamina cells. Oh, I no? could turn into anything. No. <laughs> God you want me to go cluck, cluck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works like that, does it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure it doesn't. That's a, a very unscientific uh, yeah, approach. approach. Yeah, anyway, no, I would never, even if it came from a lab, eat it. Right, but why? Um, I cannot even, um, well, as I say, the moment I left home, yeah. I had become ve as vegetarian as I could before. And that's because every day walking to school, yeah. I had to pass, I think it is, I had to pass the abattoir, which is where oh, they my the God. animals. I heard things and I saw things. And also, for the first six years of my life, mm. I never ate meat. There was mm. no meat in Britain. Mm. And we ate fish. Mm. So now I've started eating some fish because mm. I can't eat many eggs. I feel mm. guilty when I see a chicken. Yeah. And I can't eat too much cheese. So I've decided, right, I'm going to eat some protein. Yeah. But however, I've... I still, no, I couldn't bear even to eat the meat. Why are people fixated on meat? It's like a drug. Well, I don't know. I'm going to suggest something which people may want to shout at me for, but I think that particularly in Italy, it's a sign of social status. Mm. Because in a very poor country, mm. people would only have, maybe they would bring up their own pig, kill mm. it and eat it. And that mm. would be their only meat. So to have meat on the table yeah. has nothing to do with, needing it for your body no to show that now you can afford it yeah and i think that is one of the things yeah but yeah, um definitely. you don't need meat you don't no. you can easily get by on many other things of course of course if you my um blood tests show perfect balance of everything yes and yeah. those are my meat-eating friends quite often don't right uh, you know, yeah, there you go. Know. I mean, I, when, I was, when I was a vegetarian, I was the healthiest I've ever been. Hands yeah. down, even when I had a blood test, you know, um, they took my heart rate and everything. I was in tip-top shape and I felt yeah, good. Another thing is that when an animal is taken to be killed, mm. it knows what is happening. Animals mm. are sentient beings and mm. I'm not being mm. stupid and emotional. No, no, I animals. agree with you. 
I agree. Now then, if an animal is brought up with love and care yeah. on a farm, and then it is killed with mm. love and care, mm. that animal will feed you well. Mm. If you can mm. think of the horror mm. of moving, knowing mm. you're going to your death, mm. and think mm. of all the hormones that are being released, mm. and think also of factory farming, mm. how often, if you put a steak in the pan from mm. the supermarket, it will be half the steak. Mm. If you use something, if you get a steak that has been home fed and home brought up, it doesn't. Mm. I cook meat. I do cook meat for mm. my friends. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. not a bigot in any way. Mm. It's my personal choice. Yeah. And I think that you are what you eat. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons to, in order to make the meat heavier, yeah. to get more money for it, they give the cows estrogen. Yeah, and that's this horrid. And affecting young girls. Mm. This is making them start their periods early. And it's not good for their bodies. No, no. And it's not good for men, probably, as well. No, no, yeah. So, I, you know, it's... My objection is to the unnatural use of bringing up of, of animals yeah. in order to be killed. Yeah. Because animals know it. Yeah. And no, it's, it's, I think that this is a very big question. So yeah. meat in the lab is okay for addicts, or but it would be good to look at the reasons why people eat meat. Whether yeah. it is social status, as well, I would yeah, argue cultural. in many, yeah, mm, mm. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think maybe one day if we colonize Mars, growing meat in labs up there, if you need it as an immediate source of protein in your diet, great. I yeah, hope. Thought you could grow any sort of protein. Well, yeah, protein. that's true. Why necessarily? Yeah, that's what you said. You know, if you're a meat protein. addict. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you are right, Hill. Um, I mean, maybe one day when our species re reaches a higher level of enlightenment, we will give it up. There will, there will be no need. I would like to recommend a book called Fast Food Nation. Fast Food Nation, uh, okay. Fast Food Nation, yeah. which is about the whole killing of things. And there's also a person who decided he would eat um, only, um, I won't say the name because it can't be published, um, hamburgers, mm. shall we say. Mm. And after a couple of weeks, his doctors were pleading for him to mm. eat some other food. He became very ill mm. after eating that for a month. It was an yeah. experiment that he did on his own body. Yeah. Now then, if you think of everybody who goes in and eats hamburgers too many, mm. including mm -hmm. certain mm -hmm. noted politicians, no <laughs> names again. Um, <laughs> so the answer to Francesca is, yes. I personally wouldn't. No. I think that if people feel they want to, they could and they should. But, you know, do you yeah. really need meat? Right. People make a strong argument that humans, the, the teeth are designed to, you know, to ingest, digest meat. Yeah, exactly. Omnivorous. Yeah, yes, exactly. We can eat everything. So it doesn't mean, yeah, exactly. If we're not carnivorous, exactly. It doesn't mean we're designed specifically to eat meat. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a weak argument to say that we are. And it just doesn't make sense scientifically. It's just that in the past, the rich could eat meat. Yeah. And the poor couldn't. Yeah. Therefore, within many societies, it is yeah. a social symbol. Yeah. It's not a bodily need. No. Yeah. You can yeah. appreciate it as hunter-gatherers, can't you? Or the medieval yeah, period. Or, but yeah, now, yeah, in this day and age, in the age of plenty, there's absolutely no, no need. Absolutely no need. That's and no also, need. don't forget that um, at that sort of intensive beef farming, that's mm. what they do, including Benetton does it, and there I'm deliberately saying the name, including <laughs> okay, a noted uh, company here, not far from well, not far from where we are living, yeah. 
um, has actually bought up the lands of the native Indians in the south of Argentina and are raising, they have a huge thing for raising uh, beef cattle. Mm. Now we all know that beef cattle is mm. one of the main reasons of deforestation mm. and of the increase of um, gases. Yeah. Yeah, methane. Yeah, methane. There's no more polite way, but um, let's mm. say cow farts. Yes, cow farts, yeah. <laughs> more, more than all the traffic yeah. in the world. That's incredible, and isn't it? So we've got to think about it. Yeah. Meat eaters are killing the planet. Yeah, it is, it is, it is true. Eat meat, but eat meat that is produced normally. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm regulated not- meat, regulated production consumption. Is what you're saying here? Yeah, bringing up meat in a good way. Yeah, and if you have it once a week, fine. Yeah, but exactly, you have to have it. No, otherwise you will die. Yeah, but now with this intensive factory farming, Mm. think of the agonies of the average chicken. Yeah, and think of the pain and the fear and the hormones that you are putting inside yourself. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, eat natural meat. Eat meat eat less of it, but at least it's going to give you something and it's not going to be a sin against the environment. Yeah, no, you're right. I think, I think you basically turned me vegetarian again in the last 10 minutes, Hill. Oh, right. Can I turn I mean, you vegan if I go on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next podcast. Um, I think I'll consider it again. I think it's good. It'll make me leaner as well, you know? Yeah, and if you <laughs> eat good meat, yeah. eat, if you're going to eat meat, only eat meat. Eat the good natural. stuff. Yeah, you're right. And Eat it rarely. Yeah. Because nowadays yeah. it's no longer a symbol of status. No. No. It's a symbol of poverty because yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. Sobering conversation, Hill. Sobering. Okay. Um, how are we for questions then? We're we going to do one more and then the star question. I think we're running out, aren't we? The question is um, papers. Yeah. In other words, sort of uh, written things, essays, papers, usually use the past tense. That I'm always in trouble, which is what the student mm. says, um, whenever I have to choose between the simple past and the present perfect. Mm. Is there a good rule of thumb? Yes. Mm. There is a wonderful rule of thumb. Go on. If it has already finished, yeah. it is the past simple. Exactly. If, why do you think the present perfect? It's called the is, present. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It is not. And I think the problem for Italians is that. What we call the present perfect for them mm. is the passato prossimo, the yeah. near past. Yeah, the near past. For us, yeah. it isn't. No. It is the present. So exactly. even if it is one second ago, yeah. oh, I dropped yeah. my pen. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Okay. And that, yeah. is, that is the rule of the thumb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah, as a rule of thumb, Hill, I completely agree. It has a relevance in the present. Present yeah. perfect. But you can say, I have lived in London as a life experience, can't you? Yes, yeah. but that is when you are using it as what we call a reiterative. Mm, yes, yeah, absolutely. I have been to Venice many times. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I was in Venice yeah. last week. Um, right. Okay, so, so there we go, grammar, that's done. Okay, wonderful, thanks, Hill. And um, okay, well, I, don't, I, th- I think we should just settle with the star question now, Hill. I think we'll go for the meat, simply because, and that was from French... Yes, Francesca, from Francesca and Offrey. I think that, for me, probably was the best question. It was the more sensible, perhaps, of the, of the bunch. Um, 
And just because I think it sparked an interesting debate between us both. It sparked there. an interesting yeah. debate because it's something that I think is important for everyone. Absolutely. But let me explain then, guys. Um, the winning question, in which case today it's uh, Franche uh, Federica, sorry. No, uh, Francesca and Offrey. Francesca and Offrey. You will win on this occasion a free English course at the school, so congratulations. Um, in order to follow up on that, you have to contact uh, the school via email or Facebook, I do believe. Um, or if you have any other questions, just email me to the to the podcast's email address, which is p o x f o r d o double d c a s t at g m a i l dot c o m. There you okay. go. Or otherwise, gmail.com. I, I know. Think. I did. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows it. <laughs> Should we do a joke of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll, I'll pop it in. Okay. Okay. All right. In all seriousness now, are you ready? Why? Why were the teacher's eyes crossed? Hillary. Why were the teacher's, Why were the teacher's eyes crossed? <laughs> Shall I go for it? Okay. Because she hadn't got her glasses on. Well, that's a, that's a logical answer. Of but course, the, jokey, the jokey answer would be, she couldn't control her pupils. Oh. 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 And this is for the lawyers who are listening, because we have a large lawyer contingent, I'll have you know, Hillary. Uh, my oh, loyal yeah. lawyers, yes, which I teach. How is an English teacher like a judge? Give out, give out, they give out something. They give out sentences. Nailed it. They both give out sentences. Very good. Hello. Now then, where do um, mathematics teachers meet in New York? Times Square. Well done. All right. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I think we're just about done. I think that's all I need to do. Um, that's it. Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> Wonderful. The cat is the cat's <laughs> saluting us all. Thank you very much, guys, and thanks for listening. Um, that was Hillary, and this was the the Welsh Oddcast. I do believe. Yes, yes. Okay, Hello. thank you guys. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, thank you. Bye.